Welcome to today's Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath. Today's conversation is with Mike Derby, the founder of Avalan Wireless. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. I really appreciate you taking the time for me today because you have a really interesting take on a couple of aspects in the Pro AV space that I'm really excited to to hear sort of your perspective on these. Tell me a little bit about your background in in IT and technology and sort of the moment or the instance that led you to found Avalan. All right. So um, Avalan started back in 2004 uh, as a as a product manager to a semiconductor company making uh, wireless uh, chips and couldn't find a, a good customer for uh, for the particular chip I was asked to as a product manager. So I, uh, I thought of some neat ideas and went and built it, got a little venture funding and actually turned it into Avalan Wireless. Uh, and through those early days, the company was started out in Palo, Palo, Palo Alto, California. And about eight years ago, I moved the company here to Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, lots of reasons just happens to be it's a good successful way of uh, running a profitable business so um, yeah we'll go with that that's the quick story you you basically found the company in Palo Alto you transfer the entire uh, kit and caboodle to Alabama and because of the way you see the industry and, and the way that you kind of approach things you really could run this business from almost anywhere on earth that's really true. Uh, a lot of my uh, key staff are located in uh, in uh, several different locations in the U.S. Wherever it is that they're, you know, when you hire the the best, quite often they like to stay where they're at. So, picked up a, a number of incredibly uh, talented folks, and we very much run on uh, virtual uh, communication protocols, if you will. And the reason that I bring that up is the interconnectedness that is starting to become prevalent in most industries. Some estimations say that the Internet of Things will number around 25 billion by the year 2020. So that interconnectedness, not just within a specific industry, but cross industry is really something, I I don't think it's something that you can avoid. You're right in the middle of that. Can you tell me a little bit about maybe some other IoT that people maybe don't think about on a daily basis? Well, sure. Um, my background actually goes all the way back to the founding of the IEEE 82.15.4 from the very first days back at that point, trying and envisioning what the world might look like if we had a, a silicon solution that everybody could have a common platform. And that's been the birth of most of these Zigbees and the other technologies. And since day one with Avalan, I've always really wanted to try and find ways of providing a special value add. You know, in order to get that connectivity to, often there's a, a gateway of some sort that collects all the information from the sensors and the things. But what they what there really wasn't a good way of doing, and Wi-Fi couldn't support it particularly well, was how do you get how do you get a long Ethernet cable, basically an Ethernet connection out at a perimeter or edge location to pull the, the pull the data through that gateway and bring it onto the internet? Because it really is all about the Ethernet of things. And um, a lot of times in the commercial marketplace, it isn't even connected to the internet. Often these devices are for a local area data collection for pumps or, or for refrigeration status. It might be for uh, television, for a, stream, you know, a number of different uh, streaming media techniques that are done where they could be considered things. So we've always, I've always kept an eye on where's the market at and where's it progressing towards, towards that, I don't, you can't call it the last mile, but certainly let's call it the last uh, quarter mile 
uh, and thereabouts, you know, kind of those long range, difficult to reach, uh, can't pull a cable to get there kind of opportunities. And with that has always been our founding idea. We, we don't necessarily adhere to any standards other than Ethernet. Um, all of our you know, communication protocols are all around. You know, sometimes we have to go a little more slowly to, to get to those real difficult locations. Might be line of sight problems with things, you know, buildings or trees in the way, and you have to get creative about how do you how do you get to those uh, locations using unlicensed spectrum. But nowadays, we're finding that there's a whole lot of new technology uh, requirements all around the security of how it is the data is coming across the wireless. It used to be, oh, wireless is not secure. Now, a lot of it now is how is it that the data at the networking side is secured uh, with VLANs and some of that is is really led us into a new direction where the company has very much been uh, we've we've internally revolutionized ourselves a lot to just be Avalan. A lot of it is all about providing segmented and highly secure, easy to easy to use uh, VLAN technology that uh, is really prevalent for the uh, particularly for the retail sector as they're trying to bring in you know a number of. Uh, things like cash registers or POS devices, all these things that, you know, fuel dispensers are a big one now with the uh, EMV and the credit card requiring a, a much higher speed or at least an Ethernet speed data link. But yet it has to have all the security uh, advantages of uh, segmentation for their PCI and their security compliance requirements. Now, you bring up two interesting, interesting words that I would like us to focus on. Well, not us, more you than me. And that first one is security. I know that you're very familiar with fuel center products and security as far as that particular environment is critically important. Let's say, you know, I go up and I want the fuel pump. Right. I'm, I'm just going to use my card and I'm not even going to put it in the reader. I'm just going to use the chip that's in the card and flash it over the, the pass scanner. How do I know that's secure? How do I know somebody else isn't also intercepting through some sort of Wi-Fi signal reading my card the moment I take it out of my RFID protected wallet? Well, there's there's a number of different technologies that are uh, that are being used. A lot a lot of the security issues of the uh, speed passes, they used to call it. Um, and the RFID, um, a lot of that is actually moving to the chip card nowadays, where it's actually, uh, when you get your new credit card nowadays, it has the flash uh, contact points. And in uh, the countries around the world, uh, what happens, except for the U.S., we're, we're behind on this one, uh, you, you enter the card into the reader, and the reader makes physical contact, uh, which is actually how the security, uh, particularly for, for a number of reasons, has really kind of moved over to that. Uh, most parts of the world, you type in a PIN number, but when you put your card in, you actually would be buying, you type in how much gas you want, and it gives you that much gas and charges you for it, and then you dispense it. It's a little different model than in the U.S., and it's making it kind of hard to integrate with the U.S. model of you swipe your card, you pump your gas, it charges your card, you take, you know, and then you just go home. There's kind of a different in, difference in how the, how the, uh, how the interaction works with a chip card. Now we're, we're all used to sticking it in there until it says remove. It's kind of tricky to do with a gas pump because people aren't used to sticking it in there and just leaving it there. So there's a rough, there's kind of an interesting challenge for the fuel industry guys, but nonetheless, they still have to get Ethernet to that pump because the swipe cards, you know, those used to run on serial on the wires underground and they didn't require much data rate at all. But nowadays, if you don't have Ethernet, you're going to be standing there a long, long time. There's a lot of more encryption and data communications 
going on behind the scenes. Um, and you even see it at some, at some stores, you, know, you might put your card in there and it takes forever. Well, it's because there's a lot more data that has to go on to authenticate the card and its validity. Um, and it's just so much more secure than it used to be that that really is the global standard for, uh, for uh, card-based transactions um, for a lot, you know, for the majority of these type of transactions, obviously. There, there are other ways of doing POS transactions, but uh, this is one of the areas that we really focus on as a company is, is how do we get the Ethernet to these type of, I mean, it just happens to be another one of the devices you could call an Internet of Things, you know, it's POS interface. Um, but we really try and enable those to be on a perimeter, uh, enable those on perimeter locations to make those transactions, uh, vending or parking garage, even any place where you need to put a card in to make uh, paid event occur. So you're really working on not just the internet or an intranet of things. You're really focused on the infrastructure that goes into making this magical little device functional and secure and efficient. You mentioned uh, another phrase that I wanted to have you expand upon, and that is segmentation. I really, that's something that's, it's, it's becoming more and more important as this technology advances. And, and I'd be really interested to hear sort of your take on uh, segmentation and uh, like PCI, as you brought up. I'm really interested to hear what you think about that. Uh, yeah, great question. So this it really is where we've, where, where we've gotten uh, kind of pulled into. We've had a number of, fo a number of retailers that, uh, have been using our wireless. Uh, we do trunking over it, uh, which allows us to do this, 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 I guess you call it trick called segmentation, but it's really a requirement now that each one of the jacks on a switch, if you want to deploy it someplace remotely, um, like inside of a fuel dispenser there, you know, you have these new fuel dispensers, they need multiple ethernet jacks in there. And the jack that is doing your credit card communications, that, that port that that thing is plugged into with a wire, it can't to the, it, it, it it should not be, according to best practices. Uh, PCI is one that uh, calls us out that, that that port shouldn't be talking, able to talk to the device that's plugged into the other port because they are not both, it should not both be in the secure segment. Okay. And, and that's really what's called a virtual LAN or a VLAN. So what it, what it means is that you have to be able to have a way of, of enabling these little tags that get marked on the packets that identify them as to which port they go into on, on each of the switches. And that way the, the whole fabric can keep track of what is a POS um, data path. You know, what is that connection and where is it connected to? And keeps that all uh, all aligned. And the, the real challenge, though, is with this segmentation is that nobody wants to ma manage a managed switch. It's a lot of work trying to keep all those ports uh, identified as to which one goes to which ports are all aligned and, oh, I want this port to be part of the POS and not that one. And then, holy cow, what happens if somebody unplugs from that port and plugs something else into it? Are they now on the POS, you know, on the, on the you know, credit card uh, VLAN? So it gets really, really complicated. And IT guys, they're expensive. I, I just got to, you know, it's so if you could come up with a switch, and this is what we've done uh, with the second largest retailer in America. They came to us and said, hey, we love your wireless. We need a, a switch inside of a pump. But it's, it can't be super expensive, and none of the big guys, uh, names I won't mention, they, they don't want to go and get a, a, their switch fully certified for inside of the pump. There's a lot of paperwork and certifications for safety, blah, blah, blah. So what we did is we, we designed for them a switch that gives them all that functionality of the super expensive ones, 
but in a simplified manner that just supports the features that they needed that allows them to have this automatic backend engine that they have such that it detects what plugs into the port and they have a they enter it into their into their system in the back room but as long as that identifier level mac address is entered in in the back as soon as something plugs into that port the switch checks in says oh okay that that device is a pos device and it puts it onto the correct little network the the correct vlan as soon as they unplug it that port goes dead until the next thing plugs into it oh something else plugs into it it's it's not on the pos to, it's not on the pos network anymore it's, it's now a a different class of device a different kind of device it's mac addresses oh this is a I don't know, a fuel dispenser kind of thingy, Bob. Okay, great. It's going to put it into the correct VLAN. And we've been involved in this revolution of how do you provide a very easy to use solution that allows segmentation to push all the way to those edge type devices like switch inside of a pump or a little switch that happens to be needed to be over there as part of the infrastructure of things, particularly the secure infrastructure of things. How do you now create inexpensive manageable switching that's easy to use. And that's kind of an interesting magic that's out there that, that the market is trying to get their head around is that for security, you got to have a more and more and more complex network, which requires more and more and more IT guys, which requires a whole lot more money to try and implement. And what we found is that there's some neat things at the, at the mega corporate uh, enter, retail enterprise that they've, they've come up with some neat and clever ways of doing this that gives them all those advantages and they can support with very small IT staffs because they've designed a neat architecture that allows them to do that. And we now have a similar, very simplified way of enabling a, a, a very uh, much less, uh, much lower trained IT expert to be able to, or IT user, to be able to enter that information, those MAC addresses and have the network completely adapt and respond to that. That's the magic of PCI pulling in credit cards, pulling in this new fabric of segmentation that's required out there. It's really an amazing thing that your network will be that much more secure, but it's so hard to figure out how do you implement it. And that's that's where we think that the market really has so much value is who can, whoever can bring a simplified way of doing this to market should have uh, an, an amazing product opportunity. That's where we're where some of our thoughts are at. All right, let me simplify this even more because I want to make sure that I'm understanding the concept. You have a port that you can plug different types of devices to. That port is non-functional until the device is connected. And then because of information on the device, as you said, a MAC address or some other sort of identifier, then the connection, the PCI can recognize, oh, you're this thing, and it only opens the appropriate channel for that particular thing. It's almost like a, maybe a like a, a switcher in a in a rail yard, where it only opens up the track that you're that this device is supposed to talk to. Oh, I like it. That's a good way of of saying it. I haven't heard that, but yeah, it's like it's checking a credential. Before it lets that, before it lets you on that that trail, you know, or on that track set, it's like, hey, you know, it checks the credential as soon as you plug in. It says, oh, let me see what your MAC address is. The device automatically behind the scenes, you don't even have to do anything. An Ethernet port, you plug into it, and your computer naturally is going to say something, and that port listens. It's your, it's basically saying, hey, I, you know, I'm, it just listened. I heard this MAC address, and then it just checks to the database. And the system we have will actually do it all the way through to the cloud. But it checks it just to say, hey, is this credential valid? Does it should it be on the network? And 
which one of these little rail, rail yard systems, which VLAN, should it be on? Which segment? So then the switch reacts and says, okay, I'm going to put you on the correct VLAN. And, and now that Ethernet jack is on that correct trail until you unplug it. And, and then it just closes the, closes the gate and waits for the next thing to plug into it and then checks it against the thing. And, and that's really how this new segmentation, when correctly implemented anyhow, or uh, there's, there's always a more advanced and more advanced way if you spend more and more money at, you know, military, there's, there's ways that you can get even more sophisticated, okay? But this is the way that the second largest retailer in America, you know, kind of philosophy in retail looks at how do I maintain a secure stance for my network? Can you give me an idea of something that you see that maybe we're moving towards in the next, say, I don't know, like three to five years? Is there something out there that you've got your eye on? You're thinking, oh, that's going to be something. No, it's, it's, this is always one of these questions. And in high tech, it's uh, it's really hard to try and answer a five-year question. If, if I really did know that, uh, I, I could make some investors really, really wealthy. I was just going to say, nobody's listening. It's just you and me. You can You can tell me. <laughs> no. The best thing you can do is just kind of keep, you know, keep keep an ear to the ground. I mean, back in the early days uh, of trying to help create the IEEE standard called 802.15.4, it's what's the basis of all these, uh, like I said, Zigbee and Wireless Heart. There's a whole mess of them all based on this cool little silicon uh, th design that we got all of the IEEE to agree to, all the companies that silicon vendors, then they all went and made it. And I got to be ahead of the curve a little bit on that one because that didn't really become uh, – start to really enter the market in any uh, in any meaningful way until uh, 2006 or so and you see all this a lot of the wireless internet of things is all running on that silicon uh that was designed then so if i were to try and look uh, into a crystal ball and say where is the world going well clearly security is 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 everything um i mean there's a lot of this is you're transmitting you know private information about yourself and e either be it bio information or it's it's credit card information and in the world of security um you know there's there's three important uh pieces that identify you it's who you are and you know that's often a bio it might be a fingerprint like you use on your phone you know it might be a facial but it's something that defines who you are it might be the shape of your hand that used to be one that uh, was an old school way of, of identifying you know they did put your hand on this funny thing and check the shape physically the shape of your hand um so it's it's something you are Something you have is 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 an, um, another important one is that if if you can prove that you are who you say you are and you're in possession of a thing in this case a credit card you now have two factors down and then the third one is something you know and these are the kind of things that that are required to get into a top secret kind of facility right you have to have all three something you know in this case would be a pin number would be a typical one or a password so that's why you see the folks with the fancy badges that get into the this high security doors, they they may have a fingerprint reader, they may have a card, and they have to type in a PIN number. That's three-factor authentication. But when you start transmitting three factors of authentication like that, that that allows you to uh, to have a lot of influence on on what can happen behind that door. Those are the kind of things. It's really going to be all about how do you keep the network secure? How do you keep those identification aspects? from being combined, or if they are combined on the same data stream, wow, you've got a very, very powerful and high risk point of, of uh, you know, of losing somebody's, you know, identification is if all those are on the same 
communication channel. So it's all about security because we really are in a world where trying to identify ourselves is so much more easy to spoof, I suppose, for the, for the bad guys is that those, those factors of authentication you know, are, are critical to be secured and to be kept protected across the network. And there's going to be absolute, oh, that'll be an interesting evolution of how, how in the world those three factors that identify somebody uh, come to pass. It has been a pleasure. Today, I've been speaking with Mike Derby, the founder of Avalan Wireless. Mike, I hope you have a spectacular holiday season. Have a very safe and happy new year. And I look forward to talking to you sometime in the new year to see what other great idea you come up with. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was all mine. It was fantastic. Thank you so much for allowing me on, uh, on the podcast. 